Hey now, hey now, hey now, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a brand new edition of Over the Line, and yes, I have tears right now, uh, I am doing my AOC impression where I am uh, shedding tears at the border, actually I got something in my eye. It's uh, it's messing me up, messing me up. And our camera angles weird. How did that happen? I just fixed it. Hold on, we've got this little stand that we use. Oh, I'm about to jack it up. Oh my god. Okay, we're just gonna leave it there. Not gonna touch it. We're good. Good to go. All right. Welcome back. So glad y'all are here. Off the top, remember to like, share, and comment, comment, comment. We want your comments on the YouTube channel. That helps us get in the algorithm. But it also helps us get kind of an idea of what some of you guys want to see. And and I'll give y'all props. Y'all have really pushed with uh, ideas and suggestions for the show. Not for the content, but just how we do it. Uh, one of the big ones has been length of the show. You know, we were uh, running shows that were like 45 to an hour long. And that's just too long for some of y'all. Some of y'all just want to grab it real quick, listen to it, and go. And you don't have five days a week to listen to an hour of of the podcast with everything you need to do now the friday show is a little different because it's live and it's more interactive so it's it's a little more geared towards the people that are there in the moment even though you still can go back and listen to it but these shows right here these monday through thursdays we're trying to keep them around that 20 minute mark maybe even less if we can i've just got so much to say and uh it makes it tough. If you are listening on today, Thursday, the 25th, um, make sure you check out Leland Live, Talk 99.5. I'll be 3 to 7, but that actually may even be extended. I haven't really talked to him about it yet, but we're supposed to have severe weather and, and tornadoes, so I may be doing weather coverage, which, as any of you guys know that watch this stuff, can uh, go well on into the night, depending on how long the uh, the weather sticks around and active tornado warnings and all that stuff. I don't know what the plan is. I'm just putting that out there. So keep that in mind. And if you need accurate and up-to-date weather coverage, Talk 99.5 is the way to go. Um, if you're not in the area or around the radio, you can listen on the TuneIn Radio app or Talk99.5.com and get it there let me tell you also real quick before we get into this about vapor forge i tell you each and every episode and there's a reason why because i don't want you to die from lung cancer that's right we've all had family members die from lung cancer it's an awful disease and uh it really sucks and a lot of it is caused by smoking the cigarettes this can help you now the the government doesn't allow us to say that vaping is a safe alternative for cigarettes but guess what i'm going to tell you right now it is a safe alternative to smoking cigarettes i guarantee you i've watched people's lives including my own literally be transformed because of this now ultimately yeah you obviously the ideal thing you'd want to do is just quit completely but this is not a bad thing i've listened to doctors tell people years after they were vaping they look like they never smoked a cigarette in their entire life because their lungs healed themselves. That's how important this stuff is. It's, it's not just about being cool and vaping and having something to fiddle with throughout the day. It's about saving lives. 4673 Highway 280 East in Birmingham. 205-874-9010 is the number right there next to Bailey Brothers. If you ever have a question about these guys, what they do, what they have, 
hit me up. I'll get you in touch with these guys because they are good people that support the show, support our message, and uh, we want to support them as well. On the border, we have a crisis, and not just any crisis. This is the Joe Biden crisis. That's right. 100% on the hands of Joe Biden and the Democrats. I saw a shocking email yesterday, and it was an email correspondence with reporter Sarah Carter. She's a Fox News contributor. Uh, I think she's with, well, it's, what's the other site she's with? It's not Axios, or is it Axios? I, I, I can't remember. Anyway, she's one of the, one of the true tried-and-true reporters that actually practice journalism these days, and there's not many of them. She is one of the very few and is at the top of the list. Uh, she got her hands on some email correspondence with Border Patrol agents, what they're calling whistleblowers, uh, talking about the conditions in these border camps as the Biden administration has decided in their attempt just to say orange man bad and let's wipe away everything he's done, They've gotten rid of some life-saving policies that the Trump administration implemented on the border, thus causing this crisis. It's a mix of that and the rhetoric leading up to the election where Joe Biden said, we can afford it, everybody come on in. Those words are powerful. And it's amazing to me because I've told you guys the difference between conservatives and liberals. Conservatives, when looking for the person they want to represent them, they judge them on policy. They judge them on actions. Liberals, on the other hand, they judge them on feelings and words and, and whatever else. So it's odd to me that Democrats and liberals refuse to admit that the words of Joe Biden on the campaign trail had power and had almost everything to do with what we're seeing on the southern border now. But in this email from a, a Border Patrol whistleblower... Um, it details the conditions at the Donna, Texas Migrant Processing Facility. And for those of you watching on YouTube, let me pull this up over here. Uh, and she brought it up last night on Hannity. She said that officials are growing frustrated with dangerous conditions and negligence inside processing centers and are eager for Washington authorities to step in. And think about this. When you are in a situation to where you're like, man, I wish the government would help, that's not a good position to be in. You are in dire straits when you want the government to help because as Ronald Reagan told us, the nine most dangerous words in, in, in uh, the English language are, I'm here from the government, or I'm from the government and I'm here to help. Is that nine words? I'm from the government and I'm here to help. Dang, I'm good. That is nine words. The email sent from a Border Patrol official to the chain of command at Customs and Border Protection seemed like a plea for help, stating conditions are, quote, extremely unsafe and unhealthy for detainees, agents, and the civilian workforce. The email said the overcrowding is inhumane, especially for the children. Pod 3A is designed to hold 80 people, and on this day, we have 694 unaccompanied children with two agents maintaining custody. That is an 867% of the stated capacity of this detention space. 
They are 867% over the capacity, the stated capacity of that space. Imagine being at a concert, the fire marshal walking in, and the concert is uh, a breach the, the, the capacity standards by 867%. What do you think would happen? I'd shut the whole thing down. They'd find everybody involved, probably take people to jail for that. The agents cannot possibly provide for the care and health and safety of aliens in our custody, nor can we reasonably do so for ourselves. Look at these photos. For those of you on YouTube, you see this. These are photos that I would imagine had to have been snapped by uh, CBP agents because they're not allowing the media to go in there whatsoever. They're not allowing anyone to see this. So th these are actually our first glimpses of what is going inside these detention centers. The agent went on to explain that the detainees are becoming stressed and fatigued. Many being kept in custody more than two weeks. The email read that detainees are laying on top of each other since there is no room to sleep while unaccompanied children have to sleep on their side to save space. If we have a fire, a carbon monoxide leak from the generators, a stampede, or any number of potential and likely occurrences, many people will die. This situation is a disaster waiting to happen. Someone with the proper authority must do something immediately to alleviate the severe overcrowding before we experience a tragedy. The Border Patrol Chief Rodney Scott, he responded to that email saying that he hears the warning loud and clear. And in a statement uh, just Tuesday, CBP confirmed the validity of these emails and vowed to protect the nation and enforce laws humanely. Sarah Carter went on to, to report that the facility has the appearance of a prison with no windows. The migrant surge has already increased the population of Donna, the town of Donna, by 25%. And Border Patrol is expecting thousands of additions to arrive. Imagine living in Donna, Texas right now. And this human rights crisis is going on right there in your little small town. I don't know how big Donna is. I'm assuming it's not that big. Imagine. Imagine having to see that every day. This is a full-blown crisis that was well under control before the senile old man took over. We had a stay in Mexico policy. We had Mexico working with us hand in hand. Look at these photos. Working with us hand in hand to make sure these people were taken care of, to make sure that the people of each respective country was taken care of, and it was all done in a humane way. Well, I had some photos, but I guess Twitter took them down. Thanks a lot, Twitter. These are from Axios. You can still kind of see them here. Look at all these people wrapped in these aluminum foil blankets, laying on top of each other. It's sickening. 
And it's so obvious that we've we've brought this on ourselves. Even the Mexican president is saying, hey, this is Biden's fault because he spent his entire campaign telling everybody to come over. Here's the Mexican president speaking on that right here. Se crearon expectativas acerca de que con el gobierno del presidente Biden. Okay, well, I thought he was actually... <laughs> I thought it was going to be translated. He said expectations were created that with the government of President Biden, there would be a better treatment of migrants. And this has caused Central American migrants and also from our country wanting to cross the border, thinking that it is easier to do so. And it's really as simple as that. What happens is things are said. In this case, we're, we're sent on the campaign trail. Joe Biden promises to treat these people humanely and take care of them. He even mentions giving them health care and, and giving them this wonderful life. Word makes its way down to Mexico, and then everybody starts talking. And everybody says, well, did you hear what Joe Biden said? Now, these people aren't actually seeing Joe Biden say this. This is coming second and third hand. Joe Biden said, we can come over. They're going to take care of us. The cartel. The traffickers, the coyotes are going around telling these people, hey, America's wide open now. You guys get to go. Once Joe Biden gets inaugurated on January 20th, we're good. So y'all pay us money. I mean, these these cartels are making four, 15 to $20 million a day to move these people across the border. 15 to $20 million a day. You think they're going to stop doing that anytime soon? course not so word spreads like wildfire everybody in in central america's got in their head that joe biden actually said everybody come up here rush the border he actually said surge the border and we'll let you in we'll give you health care we'll give you stimmies you'll be able to vote all this stuff why wouldn't they come you almost can't blame them if they're told all these things, of course, they're going to bum rush the border. Thus, your crisis is created. God bless the president of Mexico, who has done such a fantastic job working with our leaders in our country. The relationship between he and Trump was almost heartwarming. Because he was able to look across the border and say, Man, this is really going to hurt y'all if people just come through undetected. It's going to cause some very dangerous situations for your people. So I'm willing to do what I got to do. Now, of course, there was a little threat in there, and it's like, hey, we're going to tax the crap out of you with terrorists and everything else if you don't work with us. But they're like, fine, that's okay. We don't mind working with you. And that's all that ever had to be done is a relationship between neighbors to make sure the situation was handled. It was working great. It wasn't working perfect, but nothing does. But it was working very well compared to what we had been through over the past 20, even 30 years. It was fantastic. And then Joe Biden gets in office with this lead-up of open borders and rips it all apart. Now there's a crisis where it's so bad that they're releasing people into this country to go do what they want that are infected with COVID-19.
This is one of the, the, the big parts that will help you realize that Democrats aren't really serious about COVID-19. And they never were. It was all about the big boogeyman I told you about yesterday. The boogeyman. we got to have a boogeyman that you need to be scared of and we need to save you from. COVID-19, a disease with a 99% survival rate, that was the boogeyman. But if it wasn't as bad as they said it is, why are they releasing COVID-positive patients, COVID-positive illegal aliens into the country? Well, the same reason they were putting COVID-positive patients in nursing homes. They never believed it was the threat that they said it was. It's all about politics. It's all about power. And power comes in the form of large numbers of illegal immigrants who felt like they owe something to these same Democrats who allowed them into the country. And once they get their voting rights, they're going to repay the favor. They say, how could I not vote for Democrats? Look, they allowed me to come into America and live this wonderful life. And then before they know it, they'll have nothing. They'll be, they'll be living in the same conditions they once were, just in a different country. And they don't understand that. And it's not a, a lot of these people, and I'm talking about the good people really looking for a better life, it's not their fault. It's people coming from horrible, horrible places across uh, Central America. Well, they don't have an education. They, they, don't, they just don't know better. doesn't mean they're bad people. But they don't. And within that are bad people. Within that are human traffickers. Within that are members of cartels and gangs and stone-cold killers. Within them are terrorists from across the globe who don't mind one bit coming around the world, coming into Mexico so they then can get in the U.S. through the southern border. I don't mind that at all because they're not going to be able to fly into a to an airport on the west coast or the east coast and and get it in this country illegally that way but if the door at the southern borders borders wide open why not they just head to mexico walk on up through there not a big deal the mexican president realizes that and he's calling the biden administration out on it and all the while Kabbalah Harris, who has not visited the border, nor has Joe Biden, and when they're asked about it, they're like, ah, well, yeah, we'll, we'll do it. I just, just not right now. I'm worried about it. This is the biggest crisis facing this country at this very moment. It's not guns. It's not a Muslim guy who we're pretending he's a white guy for some reason. It is this. This is the biggest issue, the biggest immediate issue facing this country. And when Kamala Harris is asked about it on an interview with CBS this morning from yesterday, this was her response. There are 500 children a day, and we don't have enough housing already who are crossing into the border. What do we do in the meantime to stop it? Well, we do what we need to do to actually reconstruct the systems, Anthony, that are about processing these cases. And that is taking some time. Look, we've been in office less than 100 days. Um, we're addressing it. We're dealing with it. But it's going to take some time. And are we frustrated? Are you frustrated? Yes, we are. 
But so, are in other words, I don't have an answer, but, you know, we've only been here for a few days. So, we got to kind of reconstruct the whole thing. We gotta, what? What kind of answer is, you know, we, we've only, we just got here. What's that big deal? Trump did all this. Trump's the reason all this is going on. We don't have anything to do with it. We're the new guys. Why are you coming at me? But they want you to know they genuinely care. They don't seem like they genuinely care. They seem like they could care less, especially about these children, which should be of the utmost importance. But now they, it's, it's like they won't even talk about it. Nancy Pelosi won't talk about the crisis on the border. None of them will. But yet, just a few short months ago, even as soon, as recent as January 20th, the day that Joe Biden got inaugurated, Democrats were screaming from the rooftops how much they cared about the children and how we had to handle this stuff at the border in a humane way. For my whole time in Congress, I've always said the same thing. Our children, our children, our children. Their health, their education, the economic security of their families, a healthy, safe environment in which they can thrive, world at peace in which they can reach their fulfillment. It's always for me about the children. It's always been about the children. And now Nancy Pelosi pretends as if these children don't exist. These children that are being infected with COVID, which really isn't that big of a deal uh, as we know as the science says but we don't follow the science anymore these children that can't even sleep on their backs or their stomachs because there's not enough room living in horrid conditions all of a sudden democrats don't care about them anymore why is that why is that well you can look at the media and watch the swift change in the media from how they reported on the border situation during the Trump era compared to how they're reporting the situation on the border during the Biden era. And the thing is, they're two vastly different situations. It is much worse right now than it was four months ago. There is no doubt. But the media's coverage actually went in the exact opposite direction. Here's the media under Trump talking about the border versus the media under Biden talking about the border. Let me just suggest those of concentration camps. The Statue of Liberty, I think, is weeping right now. There's no denying that this is an incredibly complex humanitarian issue that's, of course, made even more difficult by the fact that we're dealing with this in the midst of a pandemic. He will be forever remembered as the president who traumatized little children. A lot of these children are part of a problem that the Biden administration inherited from the Trump administration. The system is broken inside of the country. Increasingly, Donald Trump is turning this nation into Nazi Germany and turning these into concentration camps. I call this a concentration camp for kids. Obviously, this is a problem that the Biden administration inherited from the Trump administration. Babies in jail. Babies in baby cages. Challenges facing U.S. Border Patrol amid this migrant surge. Babies 
in jail. A very, very tough situation that the Biden administration now needs to contend with. Something that's very difficult for the federal government to deal with at the border. Children are being marched away to showers. I know they're being marched away to showers, just like the Nazis. You have a lot of border agents, you know, we know the union was very pro-Trump, who are now starting to just leak out videos un anonymously, which can be very dangerous where we don't know where things are coming from. We begin this afternoon with the wails of children. This is how the media reacted during Trump and during Biden. I know those of you listening to the audio, that was kind of hard to follow. But you saw the subtitles there. CNN was literally playing the wails of children to play to your emotions and show how bad of a person Donald Trump was and what he was doing to these poor immigrant children. Now we're watching them in the midst of a pandemic be caged like animals at a rate exceeding the stated capacity by over 800%. And the media is like, that's very complex. It's tough. But we got faith Joe Biden can handle it. Even the one reporter from CNN has said, she says, you know, there's, there's some pro-Trump Border Patrol people now that are leaking out photos, which is very dangerous because we don't know where those photos came from. Remember how the media acted if they couldn't get access to these places? If they couldn't get inside these detention centers and see exactly what's going on? They compared it to Nazi Germany. But now they're telling us that not only are they not going to go, that they shouldn't see what's going on in there. <laughs> That's why journalism is dead. It's why nobody believes these people. Well, I say nobody. There's a lot of people that still believe this stuff. But it's why I spend so much of my time on this show and on others attacking the media the way I do because I still firmly believe that the media is the greatest threat to this society. The greatest threat to this country is the indoctrination of our current media. And if it's not stopped, we'll be looking just like these countries that all these people are fleeing from. There will be no difference. And all that will be left will be the people talking about what America used to be and how much promise she had. But it's all gone. Make sure you like and comment, comment, comment on this video and um, share the love. We appreciate each and every one of you guys. We'll be back with a brand new episode ASAP uh, tomorrow. If you're watching this on Thursday, should have an over-the-line Friday night live. So if you can join us live for that, that'll be on YouTube around 7, 8 o'clock. We would uh, we'd appreciate it and we'd have fun with you. Do a little Q&A and all that kind of stuff. Until next time, see you, cool.